We are, we are ministering the word of God because we're in love with Jesus. Amen. We love him with everything we're sold out. And everything that we're not sold out in, we're endeavoring to get sold out in. So we want to invite you to the word this morning and catch the spirit of faith. Catch the spirit of faith. Be a believer. Don't just be a thinker. Don't be someone that's a casualty or a victim. Be someone that dominates in the Lord Jesus. So the word of God is the tools you'll need to do that. And so we're going to expound. We're going to put out. We're going to uh, explore the word this morning about the precious blood. The precious blood. Amen. I love to talk about the blood of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So if you would turn in your Bible with me to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Yay. Yay. Love the word. I have a quote here from F.F. Bosworth. He was, he was a father in the faith from years ago. And uh, I believe his name was Fred. Uh, he said, if you want what God wants for the same reason God wants it, you are invincible. Can you say of yourself, I'm invincible? I'm invincible because I do. You do want what God wants. That's one thing. But then to qualify it for the same reason he wants it. I, I want prosperity for the reason God wants prosperity, which is that I'm blessed to be a blessing. Not just so I can buy the latest and greatest, although there's nothing wrong with that if your motive's right. But uh, I want to talk about the precious blood this morning. We've been on it for two Sundays. And I want to remind you that a blood faith, and we do have a blood faith, is a violent and costly faith. Think about what we believe in contrast to any other so-called faith or religion. And what we call a tenet, a foundation, a, a pillar of our faith is that it's based upon the shedding of blood of someone for others. It's not the tranquil religious mantra. Almost all religions are looking for peace. They want something to calm them down in a strife-filled and chaotic world. So they're looking for peace. But if you bring out the word concerning what happened, what is happening, and what will happen, this is a violent doctrine. This is a, 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 a rigorous, heart-wrenching, transformative doctrine where Jesus was crucified and gave his blood for you and I. It's, there's nothing like it. There's not even a comparison. There's some ancient pagan religions that required the sacrifice of uh, virgins or uh, something or another, and they would take their heart out, you know, the Mayans or whoever that was that did that, and child sacrifice with, to the, the, the idol god of Baal. That's always been to the god of Moloch. Uh, but that's not what we're talking about. We're not trying to appease a god. He paid the price to bring us in. But it's a violent gospel. And if you ever think this thing is just like, well, okay, I, I don't want to go to hell. So I'll, yes, Lord, come into my heart. Are you done? You, are you in? Okay. Are, everybody, everything look okay in there? Okay. Well, we'll be talking to you next Christmas and Easter. That's, that's not who we are. And that's, that's a false characterization of who we are. 
In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we look at that, and as we minister on the blood, the precious blood, the precious blood. You know, it's pretty, it, we don't even like it when we see blood, especially our own. Well, maybe, maybe not, but when you get a cut, it's, it's, it's worthy of attention. We, you get a bruise, I, listen, every, time, every day I, I look down and I say, where'd that bruise come from? And it's, it looks like a tennis ball or something. And, I, and I, didn't, I wasn't doing anything. I didn't go anywhere. I just bump into stuff, I guess. And I got a gash across my head where I was under the deck and lifted up when it was not time to lift up. You ever lifted up when it wasn't time? Oh, I, so uh, we, we are mindful of blood. And uh, in 2 Corinthians 5.21, it says, um, this is talking about the Lord Jesus. For he hath made him, God the Father, he hath made him, prepared him to be sin for us, who knew no sin. So that's talking about Jesus, who knew no sin. The purpose is that we might be made. That word is not the same as prepared. It means completed or finished or fulfilled. That we might be made the righteousness of God in him. The passion says, for God made the only one who did not know sin to become sin for us. Why? So that we who did not know righteousness might become the righteousness of God through our union with him, through our union with him, through becoming one in him, we in him, him in us, we're union, we're one spirit with him. So the Holy Spirit actually, you know, isn't just a different entity rolling around inside of you like, well, he's over here. No, he's moved over here, you know, like a like a woman with child, you know, and says he just kicked or whatever. He has melded himself with, with us like a husband and a wife become one flesh. We've become one spirit with him. Now, that's not the end of he's He's like the, like the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost is three aspects of the same uh, God. Well, him in us is one aspect of the, of the Holy Ghost. And so he's inside of us and he's doing a work. The Phillips translation uh, says, so that we might be made good, made good, so that we might be made good with the goodness of God. Y'all know what the goodness of God is. His name is Jesus. Amen. So that we might be made good through our, excuse me, uh, with the goodness of God. Well, I don't deserve it. God, I, I, you know, I, I, I'm a sinner and I don't deserve the good that God, sure you do. You've been made, you've been completed, you've been fulfilled the righteousness of God. He's made you good with the goodness of God. Therefore, you do deserve it. We got to throw off that thing. That's, it's a false humility. It's, it's not even true. Nobody believes it. If I said, you are a dirty dog, you, you smell like a skunk, you, you act like a, a wolverine, we, you are a sorry little thing. Oh, that's fighting words. You, you'll be on the ground underneath somebody quick if you throw that. But... But people say to themselves all the time, I'm the righteousness. Now, we got to get that. I'm made good with the goodness of God. In him and his union, I've been made good, and therefore I am. Big into the gospel, the identification is putting on who Jesus made you. Putting him on. Not just saying, okay, he's out there and I'm over here. Putting him on and taking up the identity. Amen. 
In 1 Thessalonians, you're close there. Sometimes Thessalonians is a little tricky to find. It's right in front of Timothy. Sometimes Timothy's hard to find, but we always say it's right after Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Let's look in verse 23. Oh my, the blood of Jesus, the precious blood of Jesus. If you want to know what your faith is based on, if you want to know what really makes you a Christian, this is it, the blood of Jesus. He is the cord, so to speak, that goes into the wall. You ever vacuumed with the vacuum cleaner not plugged in? Wow. You'd be better with a broom. Ch uh, chapter, uh, chapter 5, verse 23. We love this verse. Verse 22, abstain from all appearance of evil, and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly or completely. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless into the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The very God of peace sanctify you wholly or completely. This is the one scripture that's in the New Testament that tells us that we do have a spirit. We are a spirit. We have a soul and we live in a body. And that, that we're three-part being just like the Lord is. It says sanctify you wholly. And so sanctify you wholly is more than just wanting what God wants for the same reason he wants it. It's not just saying, okay, God, I'm going to line me up and I'm going to get on the same page, like some duty or some form or some regiment where you just say, okay, I'm, his part was to save me. Now my part is to line up. That is in there. But this, is, this right here is talking about having a passion that says, if there's a line, I want to go past that line. If there's a minimum, I want to go past the minimum. I want to be like purposed with Father. I want to be heavenly minded, like there's no TV and there's no ice cream. You know, all those things that throw us off track. Hallelujah. Uh, ice cream doesn't throw you all off track? <laughs> oh, yeah, sure it does. That we're not just saying, okay, I'm going to do that. But we say, God, if, if you ever take a vacation or want to sit down and rest, let me take over because I know everything about it and I can do it and I'm in there and, uh, you know, that's not going to happen, of course, but I mean, we just say, I'm in. I'm in. I'm the co-pilot and if you ever need to, you know, check some flight plans, I can hold this ship. That's being sanctified holy, holy sanctified. And then he, he goes on, he said, and uh, uh, sanctify you wholly, and I pray your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless. So it happened all at once at the new birth, but how many of y'all know it's a process? Yes. It, all, it all happened at once, but us receiving it <laughs> is by faith, and therefore we have to get our faith around it. Some people never do. Some people never. I'm just an old sinner. I'm just a ratty dad. And I, I'll never be nothing and have nothing. Well, that, that's just wrong. That's not who we are. That's who we were. And that describes that. But it's not who we are. In who, Hebrews chapter 13, can we look a few scriptures here just to deepen our basis? You know, we always say it's not what you've heard that sets you free. It's what you know. 
You know the truth, and that truth sets you free. Hebrews chapter 13, let's look in verse 12. I'm sure that's, yeah, there it is. Verse 12 says, wherefore, Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without the gate. Talking about the crucifixion. Wherefore, Jesus also, that he might, for the purpose of, or the reason that he suffered before the gate, was to sanctify the people with his own blood. Gives us some insight into what actually happened. Because sometimes people, churches, or you know, they simplify the doctrine, trying to simplify it, and said, well, D Jesus died for your sins. And, and in that little capsule explanation, we miss a lot. Here it says he sanctified the people with his own blood. So sanctification produces power. When you're sanctified, and we can sanctify ourselves in a, in a sense, like when you go on a diet, you're separating yourself from bluebell. <laughs> I've been a month sanctified, hallelujah. <laughs> Yay. Uh, but there's power. There's power. There's power to be cleansed, sanctified. You're separated from the the, the foul thing, the, the unclean thing. It's to set you apart, sanctifying. There's power in the blood to set you apart from things, from the, the unclean thing or from relationships or foul thinking or, or little thinking. It doesn't even have to be perverse thinking in the sense of sexual or, or uh, uh, debauchery. It can just be where you think little. You go, well, that's not bad. Everybody does it. Yeah, it's bad. Because it's not who we are. And we're to change our mind. Uh, it's power to change your motives. You ever changed your motives? Oh, I have. It's power to change your affections. I'm in a big process right now. I have been for about three or so years. Where I'm changing my affections. I'm, I'm putting my personality underneath the domain of faith and being sanctified in my affections, where I love things that before I didn't, it's like, whatever, whatever. Uh, at our house, and you know, it's a little different, but she says, do you like this? And the joke is, you know, well, did mama make it? You know, we just have that joke, but I like everything she makes, period. I like in the house, she, she likes that vase. It doesn't matter how I ever thought about it, I like it. It's not fake either. It's not put on. I decided, I put myself in the position that said, before I even know, I like it. There's no decision. There's no deciding. Amen. If you're a Christian couple, you just decide, we're never going to say the word divorce. The big D is never going to come up. We decide up front, we're going to be happy, and this thing's going to the end. And we're going to be glad it went to the end because it's better all the time. We don't endure or suffer to the end. And so uh, you just decide you like people. You just sanctify yourself from an, a bad opinion. Now, I am bad, and I do realize I'm, I'm, I'm prone to, to uh, fix things. And it comes out judgmental sometimes. It comes out critical. But my whole motive always is like, I'd like to fix that. I know, I, because I know how to fix it. I know Jesus is the fixer. So when people don't have him in that area, I'm like, let me, 
that's wrong. Let's fix that. But, you know, it doesn't always get to that place. Uh, I've, how about sanctifying your ambitions? What you were always going to do. You're like, well, when I retire, I'm going to get a motor home and we're going to go here and there. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. Yay. But it could change, couldn't it? The kingdom could change that. Uh, you could sanctify yourself in your vision. What does the end of my life look like? Well, I just get to the end. I can hardly tell you, and you know these people that you talk to that are going to retire or whatever, or their goal is just to be able to kick back. I know someone right now that's going to planning on retiring at 52. And I said, what are you going to do at 52? His house is paid for. He said, I'm just going to lay around all day. Well, 52 is a long time to start laying around. And you go, well, was I ever like that? I'm sure I was in some degree that someday, someday. But that's not my vision. And I'm sanctifying it. I'm being separated or consecrated or, or delivered to by be delivering from. So the blood of Jesus is the sanctifying power. And you and I can't do it without the blood. It's just a, it's just a resolution. It's just an idea. It's just a thought or a plan or a, a, a remedy for a dull life. Well, I'm, I'm going to be doing this. You can't follow through. No one can unless you put the blood. That's why it's so important, the blood of Jesus. Because he is the power. He is, if you don't plug into him, you're sweeping with a dead machine. Hallelujah. Um, the blood, uh, it contains or it is everything that Jesus is. You know, the word says that uh, Jesus is everything the Father is, that, that everything the Father is, Jesus is, and everything the blood it, Jesus is, is in his blood. You can go to the doctor and say, uh, I'm not feeling too good. They'll say, well, well let's, let's, do a, let's take some blood. So they get you in there and bring this cannon out, it seems like it. <laughs> and they, they, you know, and they take your blood and then they send it off and analyze it. And then they bring it back and the doctor has a meeting with you and says, well, Based on your blood, I can tell you, you got high this and low that, and we need to fix this, and what is that, and what's your liver doing? Your, your, your O2 is this, and your uh, insulin is that. And they can tell you, guess what? It is the picture of you. Well, the picture of Jesus is his blood. What's in his blood? Well, there's redemption in his blood. It came back from the lab, and redemption is in his blood. Total peace is in his blood. Total righteousness is in his blood. So if I'm claiming and pleading and putting forth, basing my faith on the blood, then I'm putting myself in that redemption, in that wisdom, in that peace, that consecration, that wholeness. I'm putting myself in that. So if I surrender, if I surrender to the blood, I come under the blood. I yield to this, this violent thing of blood. You know, we like blood on the inside, but we don't like blood when it gets loose. Kind of like fire. We like fire in the fireplace, but we don't like it in the, in the, in, on the carpet. Same thing with the blood. We like it inside. But outside is where it does some good. When it's shed, then that whatever it is begins to wash and sanctify and set apart whatever it comes in contact with, whatever receives it. We have to have the blood. If you if you want to uh, if you want to cl clean uh, your shower or some area that you think's got germs, you don't come out with a water bottle. 
You don't come out there and spray water on that and say, this will get it. It may clean the surface, but you don't know what's still there. So you come out with Clorox. We're going to sanctify this tabletop. We're going to sanctify this, this surface. And Clorox, I promise you will. Yeah. Listen, you better run if Clorox won't fix it. <laughs> well, the blood of Jesus fixes it. And so just acting good or having a like, well, God loves me. And if I act good, he'll, he'll stay with me. That's not the sanctifying. It's the blood of Jesus that cleanses us from all unrighteousness. And so we've got to come under the blood. Therefore, we have to attribute worth to the blood. We have to give place to the blood. Billy Brim said, I heard her the first time she said this in 1996. Uh, she was in Birmingham. She said, if you'll make much of the blood, the blood will make much of you. Come under the blood. Hallelujah. And so everywhere that you make the, the blood have jurisdiction or everywhere you apply the blood, the Holy Spirit then, listen, has jurisdiction in that place. If you come under the blood in relationships, then Holy Spirit has jurisdiction in those relationships. If you come, uh, if you plead the blood over your mind, say, God, I, where are these thoughts coming from? What, what is this trash from my past? Or what is, what is this thing that brings yourself in your soul under the blood? Holy Spirit has jurisdiction. He can go where you've sanctified an area by the blood, he can go in. He has access because he has jurisdiction. You've empowered him. You've signed him up and said, yeah, come on in. Kind of like pest control service. Hallelujah. But you've got you to gotta apply your faith to release it. It's just like uh, uh, being saved doesn't make you prosperous. Are, have we been made prosperous? Absolutely. But are we? Not until we apply faith to it. Not until we activate the promises. Same thing with health and healing. He's made you healed, whole and healthy. By his stripes you were healed, but you have to apply your faith to, uh, to uh, acquire it or put it into your life. Well, the same thing with the blood of Jesus. Would you turn with me to the book of John? Little John, or Big John, actually. Big John. John 6. Here's an interesting... Uh, Discourse concerning the blood by the Lord Jesus himself. It says in verse 53. Well, let's back up. Let's go back to verse 51. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give him is my flesh. Which I, will give, which I will give for the life of the world. The Jews therefore strove among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? 53, Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, truly, truly, I say unto you, Except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. So we could access Leviticus that says the life is in the blood. The life is in the blood. How, how, where is the life in you, in you? It's in your blood. Whosoever eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life. The word there literally of eternal life is life of the eternal. It doesn't just mean long life. People that go to hell have eternal existence. But we have the life of the eternal. For God so loved the world. 
that whosoever should believe in him would have eternal life or life of the eternal. It's a lot of difference, but it's a translation thing. And I will raise him up at the last day for my flesh is meat indeed and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth or receives my flesh and drinketh, same word, my blood dwelleth in me and I in him. And as the living father hath sent me and I live by the father, so is he that eateth me, even he shall live by me. This is that bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead. He that eateth of this bread shall live forever. These things said he in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. Many, therefore, of his disciples, when they heard this, said, this is a hard saying. This is a hard saying. It's also translated fierce. This is a fierce. This is a provocative. This is an out of understanding statement. Tough was another word. This is a hard saying. Who can hear it? Who can understand it? When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at him, he said unto them, Doth this offend you? Is this, is this tough? Is this fierce? Does it offend you? What was the this? It's truth. Does this truth offend you? So it's not just what, how he said it or the setting that he was in or the people that heard it. He said, does this truth offend you, set you apart, set you off, disconnect you? What and if ye shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before? It is the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. Did y'all hear that? What, what about our great bodies? Who I am looking good. I am, I am eloquent. I am sharp. I am... I am so handsome. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah, you're a beauty queen, girl. Uh, the flesh profiteth nothing. We give you no points for the flesh. No points. Well, that's a pretty good looking girl. No points. Well, he's got an IQ of uh, 160. No points. <coughs> the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you that believe not. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and who should betray him. Now, you understand he's working with the gifts of the spirit here. How does he know? He's got discerning of spirits operating in him. He was a man just like you and I are men and women. And he had to operate by the gifts just like we do. It wasn't magic. It wasn't magic. And he said, therefore, said I unto you that no man can come unto me except it were given unto him of my father. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Now, was it was it the particular doctrine that got him upset? It was the truth. And if you want to understand what's real here is that we could change what we preach and believe. Well. And we could do a lot better around here numerically. But it's the truth that offends. We've all been offended by truth. We've all been offended by uh, uh, 
being filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake with other tongues. That truth has offended all of us. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. All of us have had to get past that little lump. He became poor that you through his poverty might be made rich. (laughs) We've all had to get past that. And you have to be a lover of truth. You have to have an integrity in you that says no matter how. It's that thing where the blood sanctifies you to believe or desire things that aren't necessarily in your, your uh, thought processes of how you were raised or how you were educated, that you just decide, I'm going to believe the Bible. I'm going to believe what Jesus said. I'm going to believe it the first time I hear it. I'm not going to reason it out or contend with it. I'm going to be easily persuaded to believe. That, that is something that the blood gives you. You, cause you go, why is the blood? Because you have to sanctify a bunch of stuff out. You have to give up your rationale. That says, well, I think if God was going to do it, this is the way he would do it. Because this makes a lot more sense and it would help people more. And it'd keep more people in church and it would be, maybe so. But it's not the way it is. It is what it is. So we just have to say, I'm going to sanctify my life to think right. To desire right things. To see things the way they are. To discern them, not to say, not to be fooled. Uh, Jesus said, this thing, this thing about the blood, eat, drinking blood and eating flesh, that bothers you? That's truth. It's beyond your experience. It's beyond your, uh, your traditions. But it is truth. Do you want to know the truth? Are we going to have to put it in a bottle and, uh, and just put a little pinhole in the end and, and just drip, drip it into you so that over 40 years you finally got where... You could handle a little bit. Or are we just going to cut that big mama steak up and just cram a big old piece inside? (laughs) Which way do you want it? You can grow. Listen, you can grow as fast as you want. Is that the truth? As fast as you want to go. You don't want to go very fast. There's a place for you in this world, the church world. There's a place for you. I can send you there. And you will be incredibly turtle-like, snail-like. You will rarely grow. But you'll be happy that you got a drip, drip. But if you can put it on, you can grow faster. And God can use you. Few, many are called. Few qualify. Few are chosen. And you gotta, you got to be a meat eater. you got to be where I'm not offended by anything. I never heard that. I ne- never heard that. Matter of fact, when I was... In my denominational church, I heard, if I heard anything about tongues, it was brought up to say, because somebody brought it up. It was never just in the conversation or in the message. But if someone said, I found this in the Bible, what does that mean? Well, they'd preach about it and they'd say, it passed away or it's of the devil, mostly of the devil. Well, you just, you got to get past it. You got to get past the gifts of spirit. You have to get past your unrighteousness. My righteousness is as filthy rags. Well, in the Old Testament, it was. But it's not anymore if you're born again. Wow. Okay, where am I? Verse 67, then Jesus said in the 12, will ye also go away? Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Now, I'm telling you, this is powerful. This is powerful when Peter said, the same thing in Matthew where he said, ye are the Christ, the son of the living God. He said, 
Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. Thou hast the truth. Now, there it is. You got to be a lover of truth. And the blood of Jesus will clear out a lot of the stuff that we've been given in our soul to make us navigate the world so that you don't eat hot chili peppers when you think you're eating a biscuit or something. And you, you need things going on in your soul and your body. But that's not, it isn't for this. We need to be able to eat, to discern the word and embrace the word and act on the word. You hear the word and immediately you're not a hearer only, but a doer. Now that's, that's the plan of the kingdom. We hear the truth, we know the truth, and we do the truth. And nothing but the truth. Amen. In verse 69, and we believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, the son of the living God. I wrote down a, uh, uh, another translation. I didn't reference it, but it says, uh, Peter said, we don't understand, but we've listened to others and we would like to stay with you until we do understand. How about you? I don't understand. There's things I don't understand. I do not get where we're going in a lot of ways. But I just know the breadcrumbs are on this trail and we're going to follow them to wherever it goes. I trust him. Yeah. I trust him that even though, even though, even though the, the head is working overtime saying, what are you doing? What is this all about? This, this is not comfortable. This, eat your flesh and drink your blood. What, what, what? Just stay steady, Michael. Just stay steady. I'm going somewhere. Do you have to know in advance? Do you have to, do I have to tell you everything before you'll come uh, along with me? That's what he said to Thomas. He said, blessed is he who sees and believes. Or he says, that's good if you believe, see and believe. But blessed is he who does not see and believe. Amen. Lord, I want to be blessed. Amen. Romans chapter 3. Can you go there for just a second? We're talking about the precious blood. Talking about how powerful it is in your life. And if we don't know it's not powerful, it's because we have failed from the pulpit and, uh, and failed in our own personal studies to access this marvelous tenet of our, and foundation of our faith. It is so essential. So, uh, you know, the Old Testament, <coughs> the blood was applied externally. Y'all remember even the high priest when he would go into the Holy of Holies with the cable toe around his foot. He went in there and he would sprinkle blood on the mercy seat between the cherubim. Um, I think I've got it in Exodus. Yeah, Exodus 25, it says, uh, there I will meet with thee, God said, and I will commune with thee from where? From above the mercy seat from between the two cherubim upon the ark. So in the Old Testament, God had to, the blood was applied externally. So that's why we don't bring a labor of blood in here is because that's not, we have transitioned out of external communion or sanctification. Because every year they had to go into the, old, the Holy of Holies again. Uh, but in Romans chapter 3, verse 21, it says, uh, but now... But now, New Testament, New Covenant, but now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all, 
and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. There is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Being justified, say we ought, when we read verse 23, you, you got to pretend there's a, that there is no 24. This is in it. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set, here we are, the new birth, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation. That's the mercy seat inside of us. Whom God hath set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood. Not external, but now by faith we receive the sanctifying, the propitiation, the reward of the blood by faith. We receive it, uh, sanctifying our heart internally to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. It's an internal work. So if you're waiting for us all to get to Holy Day and say, well, we're all going to march up to the temple and we're all going to go in and hope you can come out. Hope we don't have to drag you out or whatever. Or the high priest is going to come out and he's going to sprinkle like they did back then. They, you had to be sanctified by the, the, the big toe on your right foot, the, the thumb on your right foot, the earlobe on your right. Hey, I mean, your right earlobe. Yeah, you, you had to be you have to be daubed and dabbed all over before you could be sanctified even enough to go in and sanctify. Well, that's not so anymore. It's so easy. People don't want to believe. Now, if we told them you got to do this, this and that, it's in the guidebook. Read pages one through forty four and come up here and we will go through the process. People would be pleased to do that. They'd love to go through a process that says did it. But if you just say receive the blood of Jesus for the remission of sins. They're like, what? What? That's not enough. Uh, so the New Testament says that he meets us with his blood by faith. Amen. Turn with me, if you would, to Hebrews chapter 10. Now, we're going somewhere with this. But we're going to have a good time along the, along the way. We're, we're, we're grounding ourselves on things that are essential for a victorious Christian life. Chapter 10, verse 19. It's just full of the word. I mean, if you know where to look, it's just uh, verse 19 says, uh, having therefore, brethren, boldness, boldness to enter into the holiest. That would be the presence of God, wouldn't it? Isn't the holiest the very presence of God? Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Well, I don't know if I've been good enough. You know, I think I'll try to see if next week would be a better appointment to go into the holy place. Because this week I kind of slipped up and I kind of slapped out and I kind of messed around. No, he says go in by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full confidence, full assurance of faith, having our hearts, look, look, sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the 
profession, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without leaning. Be firm, for he is faithful that promised. Let us consider one another to provoke unto love into good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner or the habit of some is, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. You see, the thing against the churches is right now is not a coronavirus. It's against the word of God for us to assemble. Now, I, I, I'm confident, and this is, I'm getting off the subject, of course, here, but I'm sure because of what Jesus said in John 16, in the world you'll have tribulation. This wasn't the devil's last shot. It's just a prelude to other things. No need to fear. You got through this. You'll get through anything because we win. Read the back of the book. We win. We, we always triumph. But you got to think right and you got to have the weapons of our warfare have to be in your disposal. And it's not by just shouting your fist and say, I have a right to assemble in the Constitution. All that's true. But we have to have a place where the blood of Jesus, we win. And even you have to just, you know, I was thinking this morning, uh, we could have we could have broke up into groups of 10 and gone to everybody's house all at the same time. Let's we'll split up and say there's three houses or six or 10. And we'll all just go to your house. You preach. Or we'll, we'll broadcast from here or whatever. There's a hundred ways, but the word says we should assemble. Yeah, we did broadcast and we will and it's, it's but we're going to assemble. There's something that imparts. There's something, I believe something supernatural happens every time you break bread together. Every time we eat with one another, the Lord Jesus did it all the time. It affected many things and we, we know how much we enjoy it. And it's not just the fried chicken. It's, uh, it's, it's the people. So uh, uh, the word there in verse 22, let me go back to that. It says, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. The word there is really guilty. So even though we're cleansed from all unrighteousness down here, nothing, sin can't touch you. Let's just get this straight. Sin can't touch you down here. We've been sealed by the Holy Spirit at the new birth, and sin can't touch you. Adam was not sealed, so sin touched him, didn't it? And that's why God had to kick him out of the garden is because he, if he had been uh, immortal living there, he would have had that, that uh, sin nature inside of him, and, all, and it, it would have been devastating. So it kicked him out of the garden. But you and I are sealed at the new birth. We've been sealed. So nothing can touch you here. But let me just tell you where he does. It's up here. He works on that head bone. He says, I got this. I know everything they're weak in, everything they will say calf rope to. I know what to do. The devil's for sure about it. But we have the blood. And he says, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together. I was reminded of Acts chapter 4, verse 31. It says, the place where they were assembled, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. You don't get that on broadcast. You get information, you get, you know, you get the word, yay, yay. But when we assemble, we get power. And the devil wants our assembly. 
He wants to separate us. Now, you just need to keep that in mind. I'm not wild-eyed. I'm not vigilante. I'm not trying to, to, uh, to be an anarchist. I hate rebellion. I hate chaos. I do not like anarchy. But, there's a, but I like to win. And so there's a path. There's always a path. You may have to go behind. You may have to go through. You may have to go over. But there's always a path to win. And we need to not just get belligerent, just say, bless God, we're going to do it this way and put us in jail. Well, you may go to jail. We may go to jail. I might go to jail. Wouldn't bother me a bit, but uh, there's a path to get to the end. And, you know, we just want to get to the end. We want to see the kingdom advanced. We don't want to we don't want to sit back and say, well, I give up. I surrender. That was too hard. You're done. I don't want to be done I, until he says, let's. Let's all come up here together and have a big party. That's when I want to be done. Like, okay, we're done. Got a new body. <laughs> I'm like Joe Morris. I'm not overweight. I'm under tall. I love that. So I read this, that your blood in your body did not know this. It circulates every 23 seconds. If you're medical, you might know, not know that, but now you're not medical and you do know that. It circulates every 23 seconds. And so it gets through there pretty fast. So that's why when they give you a shot in the arm or somewhere else, every part gets it in just a few seconds. Well, what happens when your blood circulates? Well, it's, it's bringing life from the lungs, life from the, the digestive tract, and it's dropping off stuff at every cell, every part. But guess what it's doing while it's there? It's picking up trash, picking up garbage, CO2 and all the stuff that goes into waste products and everything. Well, what happens when the blood of Jesus circulates in our spirit man? We're sanctified by it. Same thing. It drops off life. You don't have the blood of Jesus in your life. There's no life being dropped off. Are y'all here? Talking about the life of God that sanctifies us, that imparts, that gives us boldness, that, 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 uh, that releases healing into ourselves, that releases a financial flow into us. It's the blood of Jesus. But guess what it also does? It picks up the trash. We're sanctified. And so it carries off guilt. It carries off unrighteousness. It carries off offense. It carries off uh, uh, your past. We all want to say, we all want to say this about ourselves and others. Well, they were raised this way. And I was raised a certain way. Were you raised a certain way? Our parents did the best they could, I suppose. Maybe they didn't. But it is what it is up to this point. So there's some trash to carry off. You remember uh, Jenny in the, in the little uh, uh, Forrest Gump, you know? She threw rocks at that house because there was trash that was in her life that hadn't been hauled off. And, and there's trash in our lives that hadn't been hauled off, and so it stinketh. And it hinders. It's in the way. You can't run if you're having to jump over trash and garbage and junk from your past, unforgiveness and mistakes. So you've got to get the blood of Jesus in there and sanctify this and say, you know, I did, I did what they said I did, but I'm not who they say I am. You need to put that in your life. They, I did what they said I did, but I am not who they say I am. I am who he says I am. I'm the righteousness of God in him. So you've got to get the blood in there because therapy and electroshock and depression medicine will not carry it away. It just, it just stirs the trash. It does not take it away. You just find a new path to deal with trash. Well, we're going to put Clorox in here and pinch our nose and we won't smell the trash, but it's still there. The blood of Jesus cleanses us. And so we have to haul off, get the trash hauled off by the blood of Jesus. 
So, uh, so we need the blood. And when we take on the blood, we take on the humility and the obedience of the Lord Jesus himself because he, he, the, he is who his blood is. He, he's not like, well, he did this and he did that. He is who his blood is. And he brought his life under complete humility to the Lord and, and complete and exacting obedience. Well, when we put the blood in our lives, when we plead the blood and apply the blood, then we become obedient. I want to do what he says do when he says do it for the motive and the reason that he says do it. I don't want to just be a robot that says, okay, now what? What now? I want to be like God. I, I know what's next. I'm growing, so I know what's next. One, one more scripture, and that's in 1 Peter. Can you all go one more time with me? Oh, the blood. Oh, the blood of Jesus. We're going to be singing blood songs more and more. It's a trick. It's a snare. It's a scheme of the, of the evil one and just carnal people to take blood out of the church. To take the name of Jesus and the blood of Jesus out of the church, then you can, you can shout and sing the songs on the screen and pass the cup and, uh, and, uh, and visit the poor and give to the needy. Oh, you can do that all day long and you will be weak and impotent and worthless in the sense. You got to have the blood. You got to have the name of Jesus. Can you imagine how many people are worshiping and never mentioned his name in church this morning? It is, it's prolific. Never mentioned his name. And I resist, now excuse me, here's my little thing. I resist songs that go through the whole song without saying Jesus. But that's okay, because I just put him in anyway. If you think I'm out of time or, you know, just lip syncing or something, that's what I'm doing. I'm putting Jesus in there. Says, oh, God. I say, well, that's not a good one, but oh, Lord, our Lord, or something. I say, oh, Jesus, Jesus. I want his name on my lips. I want the blood on my life. I am filthy rags without the blood. I don't like that. I don't want that. You go, no, you're not. You're, you're delivered. But I got to have my guilty mind. My, 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 I got to get this free so that I have boldness. You're only as bold as you believe you are. Amen. First Peter chapter one, verse 18 says, for as much as ye know, <laughs> we ought to know. Y'all, we ought to know. He, he, Peter said, you know, you understand, you're convicted, you're convinced. For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things. And there's a lot of corruptible things, but he uses silver and gold from your vain conversation. I wish King James hadn't put conversation. It means lifestyle. Received by tradition from your fathers. In other words, you're doing what daddy did and he's doing what his daddy did. It's just, it's tradition. What were we redeemed with, Peter? But with the precious blood of Christ. And then he, exa he examples it as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. We plead the blood by releasing faith in the blood. 
it's not enough to just mimic it and just say, I plead the blood, I plead the blood, I got the blood, all blood, 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 blood. Yes, that's, that's how you do it. But you got to have faith in his blood. You got to stop and arrest. I take authority over this vain lifestyle, this vain conversation I've got that uh, I plead the blood and I nullify it. I exact the power against the Im impediment. I, I take authority over weakness in my life. Do, do y'all know now, does anybody in here honest enough to say that you were raised or came into a poverty mentality of, of, of thinking and you go, I know that. Some people are like, no, daddy was good. He did the best he can and mama, she's this and she did what... Well, yeah, 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 yeah. But what was the end of it? Through their ignorance, what did happen to you and me? Maybe it didn't for you. Rich kids don't have that. But I wasn't raised rich. I didn't even know how little we had until I got out and saw what other people had. But you have to come to grips with it now and say, not only was I, have I transitioned from that to say, bless God, there's plenty more where that came from. Buy the good peas. Buy the good peas. You know, Ross Roberts will talk about when he didn't have anything. He bought the sore brand peas. Well, I've been there. Have y'all ever been where you bought the, 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 yeah, you have. Well, we, it doesn't mean that you need to to prove anything, but that you never let it come into your head saying, hmm, count your money. Hmm. You just know, buy the cheap peas, go home and eat them and be blessed. They're just as good. But you just need to know that when there's an event coming in your future that you need to make the snap thing on the high side, you probably aren't going to be able to make it. And the peas proved it. It's not that you got to eat the best peas, but it just means you didn't think about it. So if you have a poverty mentality, of poverty, uh, and we all did, we're all having to renew our minds. We're all having to change. And so if you have that, you got to come to grips with it and say, I got that and it's got to go. I've been working on this for myself for about 40 years. You go, well, looks like you'd pick it up a little bit and get to the end of it. Yeah. Well, I want to be able to handle a million dollars without flinching. You go, well, that's, that's not going to happen. Well, then you got a little, a little thinking. Because just because you can handle 10,000, does that make you, well, what if you could handle 50,000? Would we say, well, they're tapped out. Well, a million's not tapping out. It's just you've got to get to that before you can get to the next one. And I am endeavoring to be generous, to be free, to be, to be plenty more where that came from. I'm just talking about prosperity now. I'm not talking about healing and everything. Everything has its own deal. But concerning this, I'm like, just for today, let's buy the good peas. Just because we can. Well, what about next week when we have to come back to the store? There's plenty more where that came from. You, you have to work it through. And the way you do that is by the blood of Jesus. You can't just say, well, I, I plead the blood. You got to arrest what comes up when you're in the grocery store or whatever. And arrest what comes up and says, now the blood of Jesus, what does he want me to have? And I'll tell you honestly, some of y'all might not like this, but it wasn't me, so it doesn't matter. When we moved to Tuscaloosa from Birmingham, we went looking for a house. And we were looking for a used house because I didn't have a job. I didn't have a ministry. And I didn't have any money. Those are all handy. 
They're just handy. And the Lord said, don't buy used. Buy new. And I could tell you all the story, and I won't this morning, but it's a miracle. It was just a miracle. We found this house that was, looks like I'm going to tell the story. You know, we found this house that the builder was, up, he was upside down in it. He had to get rid of it. And we had to get Eric enrolled in school. I uh, had, to, had to have a contract in order to enroll him in school. And the man said he'd give us the keys to this new house. It's where Colin and Chris live now. That's, that's the house. Uh, new house. Well, then, then from there, I'm just, I'm not bragging. I'm just telling you how it worked for me, so if it helps. From there, he said, I want you to, tr- I, there's a house over, you know, where we move next. And he said, I want, you to, I want you to go believe me for that house over there and to trade your house for it. So we went over there and said, we'll give you what we are asking for our house. And we'll give you what you're asking for yours. New house. Then we moved from there, downsizing, new house. Now, I, it's nothing better about a new house. I just soon, it doesn't matter to me. A used car is fine with me. I've got a used pickup. I, I'm, I'm just blessed as I can be. But I'm just saying, that was the Lord's instructions to us. And part of it, I realize now, was driving that thing out that had lack and, and poverty and, and budget and be careful. It doesn't mean that you don't live by these things. It doesn't mean that you abandon them and just go wild and, and go into debt and all that. We're not talking about that. We're talking about how you think. You might choose the used one. You might choose the little one. You might choose the, the cheap peas, but you have thought it through right. The Bible says all things are lawful, but not all things are profitable, expedient. So you might not, you may want, you may can eat those french fries with the gravy on them. <laughs> and they are good. <laughs> but you might not be expedient. Okay, enough of that. <laughs> so we got to plead the blood. That means just like anything else about your healing, about your money, you got to stop and you got to meditate it. You can't just whiz by and say, oh, by the way, in 13 seconds, I plead the blood, I plead the blood, I plead the blood. And I got that done. Check. That's not what this is about. It's going into meditation saying, what was the price and what did it do? It's the precious blood of Jesus. What did it do? Everything. And so you take your everything and you push it over to the blood. And you say, this is my everything. It's a lot and it's a bunch of junk, but it's me. And take his precious blood, his everything, and annihilate your everything. And that's how you plead the blood. You render what you have done under the righteousness, under, and you render it to the righteousness of God. It was the blood of Jesus that made us righteous. And righteous means the same as God. As he is, so are we. When? In this world. So I think like him. You know, Jesus had a, he had a house, had a nice home. And you know, he had a, uh, a robe when they crucified him that uh, was so costly, was so fine that they did not tear it up. They cast lots for the whole of it. He had the best. He had a treasure that was stealing, and he still did everything he wanted to. That's what we're supposed to be doing in our life. Amen.
So you got to take your schemes, your plots, your plans. We all have secret ones, how we're going to how we're going to work a deal. Y'all ever worked a deal? Sure you did. Ever thought about one? Absolutely. How we're going to skimp around and and go around the corner, go under the table, uh, how we're going to finagle. That's the word from West Texas. We're going to finagle a deal and we're going to get it at half price or lower cost or or uh, we'll take a little less on a little scratch and dent. And but we'll get it in there. Nothing wrong with any of that. I bought a bunch of scratch and dent, but I'm endeavoring. That if I can think like him, that I can have the best. And we're not even talking about money this morning. We're just in the financial realm. That would be how you demonstrate it. I'm sanctified. I got a, I, I got a, my past is not perfect. But it's clean as it can be in the kingdom because the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Father, we thank you for the blood. And we don't resist it by saying, well, I deserved it. I did some things and I shouldn't have. And so I got what I deserved and I shouldn't buck up against how my life was because I, I got off to a bad start and I, I did some crazy stuff and I knew better and my mother told me not to. My dad said he'd kill me if I did and I did it anyway. Lord, that's, that doesn't matter. We've been redeemed. It's just like we never did it. It's like it never happened. You have so restored us and redeemed us. So right now, Lord, we take things that we're remembering that you're not remembering, and we plead the blood of Jesus over them. Things that we're remembering that you're not remembering, and we plead the blood and say, enough of you in my life. Enough of you. Enough guilt. Enough condemnation, enough being sorry for something and just can't seem to get up, enough shyness and reticence and hesitation. Lord, we put on boldness today and say, it doesn't matter how hard it is for me to talk to people and share the gospel. I am sanctified by the blood of Jesus. I am bold and it's not me talking anyway. Lord, we just forgive some folks. Because we plead the blood of Jesus on them. They're your most precious forever. You like them even when we never did. And Lord, we just let them go. We plead the blood over those people. We just let them go. Because you, you, you gave your blood for me. I'm going to give your blood for them. I'm going to release the power of God on them. Thank you, Lord, for River Church, for this family. We thank you for the word, giving us a love for the truth so that we can be as free as Jesus. And we give you praise. Give you praise, Lord. We give you praise. You're just so worthy of praise. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you for tuning in this morning. We'll be back Wednesday around 720 or so. Just stay steady. We will be there. Hallelujah. Amen.